live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This is J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery. Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Hi, how are you? Jamie Rodriguez, your host of J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. And I'm back. You're back. We're back. And this is the show where I bring you fresh acts you should know, current hit makers, and musical legends. And we get to know them in their own words forever and after. How is everybody doing? Great, great episode this week. We have a fantastic musical duo critically acclaimed called Ryan Hood. They are composed of Cameron Hood and Ryan David Green. They are based out of Tucson, Arizona, which we love Arizona. And uh, they were named Best Group Duo in the 2014 International Acoustic Music Awards. They just released a fantastic album in April called Under the Leaves. Check it out, guys. And there is a great performance of this album here in the show. So stick around for it. And guys, these people have a great story. They were discovered as street performers in Boston at Queens Mar- Quincy Market. And they were, you know, spotted by a college booking agent. And the rest is history. They've since gone on to perform more than a thousand shows in 45 U.S. states. Uh, they've shared the stages with people like Jason Mraz, Matt Nathanson, Train, and many more. And Critical Darlings, people love them. John Platt at WFUV in New York City called them the Discovery of the Year, for example. And they were featured act at Australia's National Folk Festival in 2018. So, long story short, this is an amazing band that you guys should know. Ryan Hood, check them out. We loved having them. And if you are new to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We humbly ask that you uh, give us a little rating wherever you're listening to right now, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever. Just give us a rating. These things take, you know, 30 seconds, and they do help us quite a bit. So thank you so much. And without further ado, Ryan Hood on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Hey, how are you, Ryan? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good, good. Ryan's here. Cameron's here. The whole gang is here. We did it. We did it, guys. (laughs) How are you guys doing? Ryan Hood. That's right. We're doing good. We're doing doing good, guys. Look at you guys in your your separate compounds. Where are you guys right now? Where are you guys located? (laughs) We're coming to you from Tucson, Arizona right now. Nice. Nice. Dry, warm, beautiful, sunny Tucson, Arizona. Listen, Arizona is a beautiful. I love Arizona. It's a beautiful place. Uh, last Absolutely. year we had a chance to go to Sedona. Life changing. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. so yeah. beautiful. Yes. All right. So where are you coming? Every all of your listeners know, but can you tell us where you're coming to, to us from right now? <laughs> from uh, Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. All right. Yes, absolutely, Great. guys, and and we 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 love the kind of stuff that you guys play around here. So you know, guys, welcome. You know, just introduce you guys to my audience. Of course, we have Cameron Hood in vocals and Ryan David Green, guitarist, composer, producer, instructor. Yep. Ryan yeah. Hood coming coming to us live. So <laughs> happy to have you guys. You guys are not you know just to 
introduce you guys quickly to my audience if they don't know you a great you know acoustic folk pop duo you know from Tucson like you guys say mm-hmm. um, you, guys, you guys have toured the world several times shared stages with people like Train, Jason Mraz, Matt Kearney and of course latest album Under the Leaves is right around the corner guys are you excited April 16th oh, absolutely yeah. yeah I mean it's a it's actually getting we're really getting pulled into the uh the fun of, of how close it is. And, and we have a pretty fun weekend plan where we're going to do a few shows, uh, outdoor shows that are with, um, with a string quartet and, and, uh, because we have strings on a lot of this new record. So that it's just yeah. gonna be a beautiful, uh, the, the shows are called under the leaves, under the stars. So it's uh it should be a beautiful weekend. We're looking forward to. Amazing. Yeah. We had a chance to preview the album guys. And some of these songs, I mean, you know, gone before I go morning breakup, just, heartfelt songwriting great production like you guys just nailed it we really enjoyed it guys thank you i'm glad yeah. to hear that absolutely nice. absolutely so, so so let's start with this guys let's start a little bit with your early life uh, just to get the genesis of where you guys uh come from so ryan you're from tucson arizona um and you first picked up the guitar as the legend says at age 12 and you never put it down how did that guitar come into your life I was, it was given to, so I played trumpet when I was 11 from a, a garage sale trumpet. It was a, a cornet actually, but you know, sort of a small trumpet. And, uh, and then the next year, my grandma said, uh, how would you feel about playing guitar? And I said, yes, I would like to do that. So she took me to a music shop and bought me a, uh, a nylon string guitar, a classical guitar, and then took it back and said, all right, you'll get it at Christmas. You know, I think it was, it was. Who knows what time of year it was? Probably November, but it felt like a lifetime. I had to wait to get that guitar actually in my hands That's on great. Christmas Day, and uh, yeah, I played the, the the classical guitar for a couple of months, but pretty quickly uh, uh, moved into more into an electric guitar. My teacher at the time was was very into uh, shreddy electric players. He was kind of a you know '80s rocker, so my nylon string right. wasn't cutting it, and so I uh, I started playing contemporary stuff on electric, and then eventually. Uh, found my way back to an acoustic with Ryan Head. Amazing. But it, it sounds like you just never let it off your arm. Like just re- on, on research, it sounds like Eddie Van Halen, who used <laughs> to say that he would eat cereal with one hand and like have the guitar on the other, you know? <laughs> Practice tapping with his other hand, right? Cereal exactly. in one hand and then tapping the guitar with the other. You know, I'm grateful that, uh, that I played, um, you know, like I wasn't used, back when I started, I didn't have, social media and things like that to distract. It was just all I did to get home from school and play guitar cool. uh, the whole time. Um, I did, you know, once I turned 16, I got a car, got my first girlfriend. I didn't play right. all the time then. I actually, you know, hung out with people, but I, I still have just my most frequent memory is like a, a, a guitar in my hands. If I'm on the phone with somebody, you know, my ear leaning on the phone while the, while nice. the guitar is in my hands. So it's, yeah, it's a fun thing. I love it. I love it. And Cameron Hood, you're a musician in your own right. Do you come from a musical family? Like, you know, were your parents artists? What's your background there? Yes, absolutely. So my dad and aunt and uncle played in a band right when I was born. And so I think within the first year of my life, I went with them and my mom on a tour. So they like toured uh, bars and clubs and they mostly played covers and that kind of thing. But literally like a baby at the breast in these rock clubs with my mom while my dad was playing. And uh, yeah, they they always played covers, but always wished that they could play original songs and would try to sneak them in. But the club owners would always be like, oh, you got to come on, stick yeah. with what play we free want. Bird. You know? Right. Right. Exactly that. Exactly that. And so when I was just learning guitar, my dad taught me my first couple chords 
And when I was learning, he was like, always play originals. Like if you start down the covers route, you're going to, you're going to need to keep playing covers. But if you start now with originals, so as like a 13 and 14 year old, I was already writing my own songs because that's what you know, he and my aunt and uncle told me to do. And I just was too naive to to think that they weren't awesome. You know, yeah. my first couple songs, I'm like, these must be really great. And everyone should hear them because I was just too naive to know any better. That's crazy. And I did want to ask you about your, your songwriting because it's it's spectacular. So you started at 13. That Thank makes you. sense. That makes sense. Do you, um, wow. So, so were you like writing poems, writing stories back then? Like what was like the, the mindset I think it was, I think the beginning is just copying other artists, just trying to write things that sound like them, the people that I looked up to, which yeah. at the time that was like, that was the Beatles and that was Weezer and that was Green Day and Nirvana and Buddy Holly and to, to a lesser extent, like Pink Floyd, just trying to write things that sounded like them. Um, and all of my turns of phrase, my lyrical turns of phrase were exactly like the people that I looked up to, you know, and I was probably, uh, I probably didn't even know what those things meant at the time. I was just trying to sort of feel my way into that new world, but then slowly you start to have relationships, Mm -hmm. you get a little bit of experience and then more of those turns of phrase become your own, you know, and then you go through your first heartbreak and then it's really coming from your own place and little by little, I think I stopped just trying to copy the people I loved and actually found my own voice. But absolutely, it takes time and you first start by writing like everyone that all of your heroes, you know. It's unbelievable, guys. Your story is amazing because it's incredible that the universe put you together because you're both so good in your own lanes. You just complement each other like amazing. And the fact that you guys went to the same high school makes the story even crazier. That, that is crazy. Right? Yeah. I, I remember saying to Ryan one time, we were out on tour and we were in Virginia, and this is deep into our career together. But I just looked over at him and I was like, I'm so glad I met you. Like, yeah. And it was a profound moment to, to, to have with my friend and my bandmate after already being together in a band for over 10 years at that point. But, but the, the weight of it just finally hit me that like we didn't have to be in the same high school together we didn't have to share that one uh jazz band class you know together where we first started playing um and i'm just so lucky that we did because our particular strengths complement each other that you know the, the ways i'm strong um are not the same places that ryan is strong and where i'm weak ryan is really strong so we have mm. this really interesting partnership that i'm so proud of yeah, and it definitely comes across in the album. I mean, and, and that's why you guys have been, you know, celebrated by WFUV in New York and featured at Australia's National Folk Festival. Like, everyone loves you guys, critics alike, and, and everyone I play you guys too, because that's why the chemistry is on point. Mm. Absolutely. So, R- Ryan, let me ask you about the high school days for a second, because you guys, like, battled each other in, like, a battle of the bands kind of thing, right? Yeah. I mean, when we started out in high school, so we were a grade apart, which – it's hilarious as adults, like a year apart is, is very good. <laughs> but in high school, well, a grade apart just kind of felt like, all right, he was in yeah. a different scene than I was. And we each had a band and we each really like wanted to prove ourselves. You know, I don't know if that's a normal feeling for everybody in high school or if that's because we had a band and, and or what. But we, uh, I, you know, I wanted to be the band in the, in the school and he wanted to be the, the coolest band in the school. And so... When there was this battle of the bands and we uh, we got to sort of square off, and it was more than just the two of our bands. There were probably a dozen bands in it uh, each year. And uh, yeah, that first year, uh, his band won. 
the, the second year we came back mm. and we won. And the third year, his senior year, he won once again and graduated and dropped the mic. And I, I never had a chance to, uh, to even the score. But, uh, yeah. but really it was after that, right after, uh, in the senior year of high school that we kind of broke, broke the ice and admitted to each other that, uh, that we actually had a really great admiration for each other that I, you know, he was, I was the kind of lead guitar guy, showy lead guitar guy following, trying to play like my heroes, Joe Satriani and guys like that. And he was mm -hmm. really like, uh, what I, what stuck out to me was his ability as a frontman and as a songwriter. Yeah. And, uh, so it just became clear to me like, Hey, I would really like to be the, uh, the lead guitarist to your, to your, you know, to this guy, like this would be a, a really good pairing. Because yeah. I think you guys were going after the same market in the high school. Because sometimes when we talk to like bands and and stuff that had like a bunch of musical talent in their school, there, there were different lanes, right? You got the yeah. the people who were going after the metal girls and the and the, and the 80s spray, <laughs> and then you had like the uh, but you guys were like the cool in the like get on board early band lane. I feel like. <laughs> I love that interpretation, although I'm not sure it's totally true. I like that you're like, you guys were the cool indie guys in your high school. I don't know. Like, Ryan had long hair and a ponytail, and he wore sunglasses, like, while he played and uh, and was just sort of a, a tall, lanky glass of water. We wanted to be cool. I mean, we wanted, we wanted to be, to we, be were, cool, we were right. going for exactly with what you're saying. But I think, on, but, but if reality, you looked at us, right. we were not quite, we, we had not achieved Bono level of... Uh... Not yet. I was still wearing like sandals with socks, I think, at my first shows. So right. uh, it took us a little while to grow into that. Amazing, guys. All right, let's fast forward a little. I mean, your story is great, guys. I'm sorry I'm recapping it, but it was just so fascinating. That's great. So That's great. we go to Boston. I mean, you guys obviously go to Berkeley, which is one of the best, if not the best music schools in the world. But the part that is fascinating here is the busking, right? I love that you guys busked there on uh, Quincy Market. Mm -hmm. uh, in Boston. And uh, I mean, I'm fascinated by the whole thing, guys. So I'm sure there were days, first of all, that, you know, Cameron, that you guys were mentally and physically, uh, you know, just exhausted, but like you, you go through the discipline, right? Did busking yeah. make you and train you to be like the musician that you are today? I think in many ways it did. It did two things. Uh, the first is that you have to learn to grab a crowd. There's no crowd when you start, right? It's just people walking by, buying a lobster roll or, you know, buying something from a shop nearby. And your job is to pull them into a show and let them know in advance that they're going to have a really great time if they tune in, you know? So we learned all of these things about how you uh, create a show, how you have confidence in front of people, what you need to do to, to draw attention. And I would always be the one to draw people in, you know, with my big voice and loud, you know, wide gestures. And then they would stay once they heard Ryan play, you know, because he's always been a really serious player. So the first thing was kind of how to, how to manage a show. And the second thing that I think we learned was that we are made, made or broken based on how we interact with each other. So on the hardest days where things weren't working and no one was stopping to watch us, if we took that out on each other, the whole thing didn't work, right? If you're right. feeling bad, you feel like no one's listening and you start to blame each other, you get nowhere. But if on the other hand, you become the one ally that the other guy has, right? He was the one guy that, that would have my back and that could help lift me up if I was just feeling too tired and the same. I would be the one guy who would have his back. We kind of learned early that if you blame each other, it's not gonna work, right? If you, if you start fighting, it's not gonna work. But if you can somehow be the one other person in the world in this moment who has the other one's back, then then you can make it. And I think that's something that we've 
really tried to hold on to and nurture since then. It takes work, you know, but I think sure. we've really nurtured that being being that kind of person for each other. Oh man, that's awesome. And Ryan, you know, you you're playing there one day, one of your gigs, uh, <clears throat> busking, and you're spotted by a college uh, booking agent. And he and he approaches you guys like so. Ryan, what's like your take here? Like, is this guy for real? Did you know him? Is yeah. were there a lot of just like charlatans in the area? Like, what was your no? Thought? We didn't know him, but but it was we had been looking into doing college touring, and and uh, so it actually they, we got an email. Uh, it was interesting because it was from uh, Clear Channel College Booking Agency, and obviously we know Clear Channel being this mega huge company. So at sure. first I was like, they, they had a branch called Tea Party Concerts that was like a, their, their booking agency. I was a little skeptical at first because of the, how large of a name that was. Uh, right. But it was, but, you know, we followed up with them and they were, I had already had my eye on, on thinking the college market would be a good market for us at that point. And so it really was just a, a nice, uh, nice timing. And they, uh, they, they were able to to kind of help out with it and get somebody on our team and, and not have to do it alone like we were at that point. So right. it, was, it was great. Amazing. Amazing. It just flowed. Let's transition here to the new album for a second, guys, because really, it really was, it, like we've heard it like like almost three times. We were on the third listen, almost got to the third listen. We loved it more every time, more layered. <laughs> so Cameron, yeah. let's start with yeah. the songwriting yeah. because the Cameron is pristine. It is just fascinating. A song like, like Seeing in the Dark, you know, mm -hmm. that that's a strong song, Cameron. That's that's, that's a strong beautiful. song. Does a, so I have to ask you, like, does the songwriting for a song like this one, does it come easy to you? Like, I ask because for some artists, I mean, Billy Billy Joel still said the other day in an interview that when he sits in front of a piano, when he's starting a new song, he, he looks at it like a, like a shark with teeth. It's still mm -hmm. uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So a song like this. How do you how do you abort a strong song like this? Yeah, l let me actually throw that one over to Ryan for this one because he's the primary songwriter on this one, and I I'm interested gotcha. to know it's it seemed like it kind of just started to flow out this particular time, didn't it, Ryan? Yeah, yeah. There are plenty of songs that 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 is the case where you where you do have to really wrestle with it for quite a while to to kind of refine it, and uh, you know, I be, because I see the YouTube poster there behind you, I, and I'm a big we're both big fans of theirs too. I I feel like that's the story with a lot of their stuff, right? It's a, it's a, they, they, they work it for a long time they until they get to this, until they too get to this long. amazing. Too long, if you ask us, right? Too yeah. long, but, but what they, where they get to, where they get to is a place nobody else gets to. It's amazing. So uh, sometimes the songs are like that, but yeah, the, the song Seeing in the Dark was, uh, was written uh, at night, getting out of bed, um, couldn't sleep and started playing a guitar and it just, uh, it, it sort of wrote itself, most of it. Um, and it was so that was a really those are gifts when that happens when you I, I had the the music out. I, Cameron is is really our primary lyricist. So it's not right. often that that I get uh, a lot of lyrics pouring out of me. And, and in that case, the feelings just needed to come out. And um, and they did. And then I got together with Cameron and we wrote the chorus for it together. Um, but yeah, that was a, that's that one is a gift when it just kind of flows out. That's that's maybe the like Tom Petty side of writing where I hear him mm. talk about that. He he writes a song and says, there, he feels like he didn't write the song, like it just it was it just given to him, it, it was channeled through mm. him. He mm -hmm. he's very you know uh, has this this sense of gratitude for it. Like wow, I got to sort of channel this thing. Um, and in a way, I feel like that's that's how I feel about that one. Seeing in the yeah. dark, it seemed like we had to. Uh... Like that, the 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 body of that song came out in maybe minutes, you know, over the course of a half hour as you were writing it that night, and then finishing it 
took the next yeah. two years, right? Writing the chorus <laughs> and, and for, sort of finishing the, the chorus and, the, and all the rest of the melodies and stuff took right. so much work kind of writing yeah. the rest of that and arranging it. But That's the, true. the seed of that was just like all at once, it seemed like. Amazing. And Cameron, is that like the anomaly or like, I, I don't know, you strike me like, but part like, tell me if I'm wrong. We're, we're just fascinating by this writing process here. Um, are you like, okay, Ryan, I am going tomorrow and Thursday, nine to five, No, nobody bother me. I'm gonna write stuff like very academic, or is it kind? Or is this kind of the norm? What we just discussed, like you just get I, these random ideas. I think it's it's more like what we just discussed, and I think it wow. happens for me pretty similarly, actually. Which is that there's there's an element of it that seems to come from for for me anyway. There's an element that seems to come from somewhere else. It's almost always a small element. It's not like the whole thing is just delivered. But it's something that's a, a melody that really moves me or a, a metaphor. I'm big on words. And so the right metaphor to describe something will just seem to come from absolutely nowhere. And I'll get maybe one third of the song and I'll just be like, I have this thing. And that's like the art. It's the spirit. It comes from somewhere else and you grab it and you hold on to it. And then as an artist, then you have to take time and go, I'm willing to work this. I'm willing to put time in Monday from eight until two, the most, the best of my time I'm going to put towards the, you know, filling out the second two thirds of that song. You know, nice. and that part just takes work. The first part seems to come from somewhere else. And then the second part seems like you just pour yourself into it. And there's a discipline, like you said, you, you work it, you turn it, you find the best rhyme you possibly can. You see if you can beat the rhymes that you already have, you know, that kind of thing. It takes, I call that part the craft so that you get the art out of nowhere. Craft. It just appears and it's a tiny bit of it. And then you have to spend the rest of the time working your craft on it to try to build it build it out amazing 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 and ryan this was your first foray into like producing an album right yeah yeah pretty much we, you know when we first started uh in one of our earliest albums i did but but that was very collaborative with that was when i was at berkeley and there were a lot of other musicians who who uh kind of contributed equally on that one but this was one where i yeah cameron uh sort of gave me the keys to that and said hey you know Go for it. Like follow your full vision on this. We we have these songs, but um, take it exactly where you want to take it. And so uh, it was really that's where my passion is. Cameron's uh, greatest passion. He talked about how we're complementary, and his greatest passion lies in in pro probably in lyrics and a message and the the what the song is saying. Yeah. And so he'll he'll lay. You know, I have many memories being on tour together in our hotel beds and looking over at his bed, and he's just. He's just got the glow of his phone as he's editing lyrics, editing lyrics, editing songs nice. that I thought were done. He's continuing to refine and, and find the <laughs> improve the the adjective or the metaphor. My craft, but, yeah. But so this was an album, and because we were off the road with the uh, pandemic, I had the time to uh, without a deadline on it to really um, bring the mood uh, and the emotion of each song exactly where I wanted it. So that's that's. Yeah. What moves me about music is, um, I mean, I keep mentioning you too. That might be a good example of it because yeah. they they're a band with where the message where there's a lyric and a message. Yeah. But man, is there not like just a pure feeling involved? Like even if you didn't speak English and you listened to that music or went to a U two concert and didn't know any of the words he was saying, you'd probably you might be in tears because of the emotion of their music. And yeah. So uh, it's yeah. that's my. Uh, that's what moves me the most. And that's what I try to do and tried to do with the production of this record was Amazing. really 
make people feel uh maybe prime them emotionally for what was being said lyrically well mission accomplished and the collection of the songs like is stronger than the individual parts i feel like mm -hmm. like you guys did like a proper good album which is more rare yes now. yes like the like from start to finish it's yes. building on themes it's not, it's not a full story but there's like absolutely themes songs that are talking to each other totally. as it goes on yeah i, I love totally. that you picked up on that absolutely cool. guys absolutely well, you guys have been so generous with your time, but I, let, let me ask you about the live shows because obviously you guys have been off the road for a while. Um, but you know, from what we could see online, you guys are amazing live performers and what we could read from your fans, good bond there. Uh, yeah, and we were talking about all these people like Tom Petty and Bono and all this stuff. And it, 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 yeah, it makes sense. You guys break that barrier with that, that, you know, on, on, you know, that barrier with the audience. Mm -hmm. What's the secret there, uh, Cameron? Because you guys have a really cool connection in everything we saw in the synergy with the crowd. So part of it must be the street performing part. But the other part must be that when I moved to Boston, uh, Ryan sat me down and he's like, this is something that you might like. So we sat on the couch. He he has the TV ready and he puts a DVD in and it's live at Slain Castle. YouTube <laughs> live at Slain Castle. And it blew yeah. my mind. I just, <laughs> yes. I, I'd always love you too. Was, good you good know, one, Ryan. <laughs> just a big part of like I love that band I love how they made me feel but seeing I never had really seen something that well put together of them before and I I just was utterly blown away because the crowd interaction the running around on the big heart stage and all the way out and just thrusting throwing his whole heart out into the audience that way you know I mean he runs laps he runs laps and he goes I want to run you know oh, like oh yeah oh it's yeah, just yeah. utterly moving to me and I think I've spent you know all the years since then trying to uh, I think at first trying to capture that and do the same thing again yet first you you mimic you imitate your heroes and then at some point you just sort of bring it into you and you synthesize it and you find your own way you find your own way of doing those right. things your own voice but there's something about just going we could have an experience here together and it starts with me being open you know with Ryan and I being open on stage we have to be the ones to make the first move so you get on stage mm -hmm. you open your heart you let the audience know listen you're in good hands right here you don't have to take care of us right now we've got this we've got a good show you can relax oh, and as we start to be more vulnerable and while letting them know that they're in good hands, they start to be vulnerable also, you know, and they let down their guard. You see their, you see it physically, their shoulders drop, the arms start to uncross. You see couples start to hold hands throughout the nice. show, you know, and that has to do with how we're conducting ourselves on stage, our willingness to be vulnerable and how we treat each other. It's really important to Ryan and I to be kind to each other on stage, respectful. So we're modeling a kind of a community just between us that tells the audience this is a safe place where we can be kind and respectful to each other. And I, I see it, man. People start to relax and they really enter the show differently, you know, than if they didn't feel you know, fully safe to do that. What do you think, Ryan? Any, any thoughts? Well, to add? I mean, I think that's I agree with that. I think being a duo, we get to have a, Cameron and I are very relational on stage with each other. And I think uh, in a way that um, it's even a little harder to do as a full band. And uh, or at least we have the intimacy of, of the duo. And, and as a solo artist, it would be a little harder to uh, establish that rapport with the audience. Basically, we have the advantage of being able to relate with one another on stage in a way that's f usually there's humor, maybe some self-deprecation, but we have it's clear that we care for each other. And it, that generally 
opens the door for the same kind of relationship with the audience to happen. Um, Amazing. And they, like he's saying, they feel safe. And so, I, I, yeah, I feel grateful to uh, to be able to be up on stage with Cameron. I love it. And, you know, guys, listening to you this for the first time in a long time, I'm starting to feel like it doesn't even matter. Like, it's not even worth saying, oh, my God, I, do you guys miss the stage? No. You know what? We're closer to the to the comeback. And it's so exciting that we're going to get to experience that, the world, shortly. Because, man, yeah. people need to see Ryan Hood live. It's going to be in short order, you know, in the fall. Things are opening back up, and people need to see you guys perform. This is going to be a really exciting period for you guys. Ah, let's do Thank it. You. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, I appreciate Absolutely. So, 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 Ryan, let's let's leave it with this. There's a rumor on the street that you may perform uh, Wide Awake in a Dream for us, or or, the, or, or, or was that just a... Uh, just a just a fake fake news. No, just no, that's 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 real news. That's real oh, news. That's I, I heard great. that you might that you might be open to that. So I thought thought I would do it lovely. for you. Yeah, we lovely. It's a it's a song from the new record, and it's a it's it's one that will. So normally, it's actually often very challenging for Cameron and I to play songs without one another. So he, he and I are not in the same room at the moment, and so uh, we can't play it together. And that's that's. We, we joke about that is that we sometimes get requests for a song in some situation where we're away from the other and we have to play some some version that just is is lacking it, it doesn't have the we, we don't have the vocal interplay or or, or whatever but uh, there are a couple songs uh, from this new album this is one of them that that can survive uh, Fair. Uh, without yeah. it Cameron was integral in the writing of it but uh, but he has set me free to uh, to perform it it's it's mostly. Uh, me and a string quartet on the on the recording, and unfortunately, Lovely. we won't be able to get Cameron's harmonies today. But well, we'll right. take it. We'll take it. All right, all right, all right. This is Wide Awake in a Dream. Lately, I've been falling for you, but I can't fall asleep. Wide awake at night, as I set the scene. Wide awake in a dream We'd never 
Beautiful stuff. Yes, so, Cameron. If, if if this is the voice, are you are you pressing the button? This is. Oh my gosh! Of course, of course. <laughs> Listen, beautiful. I've no, uh, no, what no, a beautiful no. Wait, song. It, it's uh, here's what's funny is uh, we're we're so early in this album cycle that I haven't actually heard Ryan perform that solo without me yet, and I was just mesmerized. <laughs> also, in fact, I I muted myself. Y- y- your listeners probably know, but we're doing this by Zoom, and so I can't remotely sing along with him because of the lag, you know, of the internet and everything. So I just mute myself so I can sing harmony with him. But I just like stopped part way through. Was like. He sounds so good right now. So good. What a beautiful song. Wow. uh, Thank you. Well, listen, Ryan, David Green, Cameron Hood, you guys have said it all. What a fantastic (laughs) album that you guys have. Under the Leaves, April 16th. Listen, you guys are going to have an amazing year with this one. Congratulations. What a masterpiece. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely, guys. And uh, we look forward to having you in Nashville. All right. right. Let's do it. All right. See ya. Peace. You've been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.